Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Uh, we are a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. That's a vision that is in our heart. This is what we believe we are called here to do is to not only provide a place for people to heal and to be made whole, but to be empowered to change the world that you live in. Right? We know that um, if we just focused on uh, uh, doing church, we could have a big church. We could do a lot of things that make the church really, really big. We want you to be transformed. Here's what happens when you get healed and you get transformed. God puts you on assignment. And if we wanted to keep people only assigned to Harvest Valley, we could probably try to manipulate you to do that. Lots of churches do. We don't. We want, you know, we want you to come. If you're called to serve here, serve here. That's great. But we know that God has a divine assignment. We want to empower you into the calling and the gifting that God has on your life. Uh, no other agenda. Honestly, we don't have another agenda. We've got a lot of things that we do to serve people, to help them heal. But then we also want to empower you, teach you, train you, equip you to go change the world around you. Um, so that is, that is who we are. That is our, our heart. And... Um, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Harvest Valley to just give you, I felt like it'd be good to give people a, a 5,000, maybe, yeah, 5,000 is probably about right, overview of who we are um, so that you would understand like, like who is Harvest Valley, um, just very briefly. Um, just so you know, we are part of a denomination. Some people like cringe when they hear the word denomination, um, and usually it's because of control right? Um, usually because of the way a denomination would control liturgy and behaviors and certain things, and there was no freedom of movement, freedom to do the things that you want to do. And, and we believe that God's kingdom is built on freedom. And so um, we are part of the denomination, Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee. This is the old school Pentecostal Southern denomination. We are not Southern Pentecostal here. Um, even though many of the churches in the Northwest are um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I get to travel around and meet with different pastors, ministers, and go minister in their churches, and um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. So the Pacific Northwest brings with it a different culture of church that is nowhere else in the United States of America. Um, we are, are fiercely independent. We don't like religion in the Northwest. We just are not fans of it, right, generally, I, I think. And, and there's enough um, humanism. Humanism is really paramount in the Northwest, uh, which says that man is God, and so um, man gets to judge whether the church is good enough for him or not in the Northwest, where in the South, you just go to church. Like, your opinion doesn't matter. You go to church, right? But up here, everybody's opinion is of paramount importance because we live in a humanistic culture here. I'm just being straight. Like, there's cultural differences. Are you guys okay? Like, I, I keep it real. When, when, uh, so when, when you become a member of Harvest Valley, you also become a member of the Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, and that means that you become a part of this family and part of 5,800 churches in North America. 
Um, it's a large footprint. It's the second largest uh, charismatic slash Pentecostal denomination in the States. It's larger than Foursquare. Um, but, you know, on the West Coast, you know AG and Foursquare. You know, um, but on the South, you know Church of God. Okay, just saying. Um, so there's 12,000 churches across the globe with over 9 million members. Um, it's a large organization, and I'm grateful for the leadership, accountability, and the heart of the Church of God. They truly believe that the local church is the premier method to reach the lost. And so they give us a lot of freedom to do ministry the way we need to do ministry here to reach our community according to the flavor of the pastor too. Uh, so, you know, which is cool, which is cool. Um, if you want more information about that, the links are at HVWC, our church website. Um, just go to the About Us and More Beliefs, and you'll see a link to the Church of God website. Um, if you have questions or concerns or anything like that, feel free to talk to me about that. Um, and I wanted to do a few things today before we're going to bring on some new members, which is always exciting. Hallelujah. Um, and in that process, uh, what we do is we have a growth track. Now, our growth track um, is going to be going through some changes over the course of this next year because we, how many of you know change is good? Yes. Everybody who stayed silent in the middle of change and they don't like it. All right. So, so change is good, right? Because we, as we discern what the needs are and what the group needs and how we do things, we should be free to change, free to do things a different way. I should not be bound to, it has to look and feel this way. You know, so we, we do change things around. So around the turn of the year, we'll be implementing some new things with our growth track. But what our growth track is, is it's an opportunity to hear the gospel in a very clear format, understand the foundations of your faith in the first step, right? You get to hear about what is it, how do you tell your story? What is the word of God important? Why is the word of God important? Why is prayer important? Here's some tools that you can implement in your life to deepen your relationship and your walk with the Lord. Why is fellowship important, right? I, I don't understand how people get encouraged by trees. I mean, it can feed your soul. It can feed your soul. But I'm not receiving a fellowship of the saints in the trees. Okay. Like, it's good to have fellowship with believers. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. I want to introduce to you the core team. These are the people that are the spiritual leadership of this organization right here locally. Uh, these are the ones who take responsibility for the health and the welfare and the culture of the people here. And I want to honor them and bring them up so that you know who they are. Many of you have been here and maybe you don't know who the core team is. Of course, you could look on the website and find it. But uh, John and Lois LaPointe, will you come on up? And uh, Kevin's running late today, but I don't know if he's going to make it or not. Okay, yeah, I didn't think... Yeah, very long drive. So then we've got Kevin and Micah. Kevin's not here, but John and Lois, Kevin and Micah Snyder, and Dennis and Colleen Lee, if you guys can come up here. And Mika, if you'll join me on the platform. Um, we just uh, we wanna, wanted you to know that if you got an issue, these are the people you talk to. Okay? Don't talk to Betty Sue on the phone and complain. That's called gossip. Every time you're looking for more people to agree with your argument, it's gossip. Yeah. Yeah. If I can be blunt with y'all. Yes. Well, me and my husband were talking, 
and we agree that we need to find five other people that disagree with the pastor. <laughs> Gossip. Okay. So come on up on the platform, guys. Come on up here. So these are leaders. Um, you, obviously, you heard Lois's heart. At the annual meeting, they all got to talk a little bit about what they believe for the vision of this year. We're actually in the process here in the next couple of months. We are praying into 2023. What is the word of the Lord over the next year? So will you guys just extend your hands and pray for us? We need your prayers. Okay, just take a moment. We'll just let some silence. If you guys want to pray out loud, that's great. But we receive your prayers, and we, and we, we believe that your prayers are powerful for us on, on our behalf. Well, we, ref we feel it and we receive it. Yeah, we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, core team. Just want to make sure you guys are known. Um, this team has been phenomenal. Um, I hear over and over, what can we take off your plate? And uh, that's a blessing to my heart. Um, because sometimes when you've been doing ministry a long time, there's just habitual things that you tend to just do. And they're like, no, we can do that. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. All right. I also want to introduce to you this morning our serve team leaders. Um, I'm surprising all of our serve team leaders with this, but I'm going to introduce you this morning. These are the people that take responsibility over the different teams of people that serve in our community. So Paul, uh, will you come up? Paul's our head of hospitality. Yep. Ben, Ben Collard, come on up. Ben's in charge of our clean team. Uh, John LaPointe is in charge of men's ministry. John, come on back up, John. Annalise in charge of worship. Come up, Annalise. Um, I'm going to have Mika come up for women's and uh, kids, but with that, we need to say a huge thank you to Jeannie Brown because Miss Jeannie held it down. Miss Jeannie poured her life into kids for almost two years, well, over three years, without stop, without hesitation. She just jumped in, sometimes on her own, just most of the time on her own, and just made it happen. And so we are so grateful for you and the time that you invested in our children, Jeannie. Thank you. We love you. We love you. So good. Okay. And then um, I also want to uh, bring up, well, normally Kevin would be here. Kevin's in charge of the board of trustees, which handles all the, all the physical maintenance and issues with the building, the well, any of that kind of stuff is under the uh, purview of the board of trustees. And then um, there's me who does administration and, and other things as well. Um, so with that, these are the people that are leading teams. Now, um, which, of, which of your teams need people to serve? on. Right? You need someone to help you right now. You need some help right now. Paul, you're pretty good. You got your stack. You got, you're pretty stacked. Got one slot. Okay. He's got one slot. So all of these teams need some people to help serve. Okay. So if you're interested in any of those, whether it's just you, you got that gift of helps, you want, you do not want to talk to people. You do not want to shake their hand on a Sunday morning. 
You hate coffee. I will not make the coffee. Maybe it's a great time for you to clean the church with, with Ben. Um, so, you know, there's lots of different opportunities to serve here. We just wanted to introduce you to the leaders. Uh, these are the ones who are leading the different teams. Ben doesn't hate people, and he even drinks coffee. So, you know. He's actually on hospitality. Okay, yeah, great. So you can do both. All right. All right. Well, bless you guys. Thank you so much. Will you give him a hand? All right. Now, Steve Waltner. I want Steve. Can you come up, please? Will you guys welcome Steve Waltner? Uh, Mika, will you join me? So when we bring members on, Steve's coming on as a member of, of Harvest Valley. Um, membership to us is really about partnership, and there's a reason why we do something formal. I believe that you should declare your commitment, because without declaring a commitment, you are unaccountable. If you don't, come on, husband, wife, if I don't declare that I'm committed, what are we doing? Right? And so it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool thing, because we get to serve you serve your growth, your walk. We get to walk alongside of you. You'll learn that our culture here is to honor you. You're free to make any choices that you want to make, right? We don't operate in control, but what we do want to do is support you well, okay? And sometimes that means honest conversations, which you and I've had several. This is great, right? Well, it's because he's being poured into, right? And so he's receiving mentoring, and that is beautiful, I'm receiving mentoring. If you're not having somebody actively pouring into your life right now, start looking around for somebody. I'm serious. You're never too mature to be, not be mentored. All right. Okay. So, hey, we, 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 we're so grateful for you. I think, Mika, you got something for him? And then I'll share a little bit. Uh, let's go, Ted, handheld four. Try it again. We on? Hello, there, it is. there we are. So I, I heard peacemaker. I, I believe you are a peacemaker, and, and not the kind of... I, I get the sense that that's just who you are, and I also believe that the Lord is going to be instructing you in that more and more, and I, I, I feel like I want to... Um, encourage you to really search out what peacemaking is in the kingdom and, and how that works. And I really see you um, actually teaching that to the body. And, and I, I, I see you not as someone who preaches to people, but someone who instructs people and um, in a way that people can really receive. And so I just I'm super excited that you're in our midst. I love being around you. You're just a real easy, personable, joyful person. And I, I appreciate that. So I'm super excited that you're in our midst. And I'm excited what the Lord is going to be doing in you. I feel like there's um, going to be an expansion of your voice and your influence. Amen. One of the things that... Maybe now? Well, yeah, okay. So one of the things that I, I, as I pray for you, the Lord reminds me of a couple of things. The first thing is that um, 
you have yet to discover what's underneath your surface of the glory that God has put on your life. And we're excited to watch the unveiling of Steve Waltner, right? We're excited to see who you become as God God just continues to grow you and flourish you. Um, And with growth comes roots. And I believe God is establishing you because there's been moments in time where you felt blown by the wind. There wasn't clarity. There wasn't like you, didn't, you couldn't even remember what happened the day before type of moments. And God's growing roots so that you have health to your mind at a new level than you've ever had before. Um, yeah. So those areas that have felt um, shaky or unsure, God is giving you roots so that the wind will not blow you over. The things that coming into your life and the stresses and the anxiety and the different things that want to get you, they will not be able to yeah. move you because yes. God is giving you roots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right. So that's what we have for you. And now, now you've got um, an amazing partner and life mate um, that you guys are in process. Can I interject something? Oh, yeah. Oh, the I PS. Just, we got to love yeah, it. Yeah, the PS. Sorry. The, oh, now I just totally forgot. <laughs> Yeah, peace. I just see peace is such a weapon in the kingdom. And um, there's more (laughs) that I'm going to say at maybe a moment later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, sometimes you don't say everything on the platform. All right. So, Heather, will you come on up as well? Um, Now, Heather Boschian. Um, these two are in a relationship and they are honoring the Lord with their relationship, which we were just yeah. so excited about. Yes. Um, we believe in you guys and we love you guys, but Heather, make, I'll let you start. <laughs> so, so what we're doing is we speak in life and we always want to hear what the Lord is saying about a person yeah. because um, I, I believe that when we come into a depth of relationship, we need to know how God views them more than maybe where they're even at today. Right? Because that gives us a grid on how are we to relate with one another in the body. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it was months ago maybe that I either was thinking about you or praying about you and I just heard mother. And I, you know, you don't have children. And so what's the Lord saying? I just see you as a mother. I, I, and, you know, there are women in our midst and um, that don't have children that they have birthed, and yet they are quintessential mothers and have many spiritual children and um, really tight relationships that have an aspect of guarding and protecting and guiding and encouraging. And so I just see this as who you are. Mm. And so I just am excited and blessed by your presence and excited to see what that looks like for you and to get to know you better and better and um, see how that plays out in your life. Awesome. That's such a good word. Um, Heather, I I believe that um, being multi-talented, multi-gifted, you can do a lot of different things in a lot of different arenas with just life experience and, and a lot of things. But God wants to hone your focus. And, um, and you've probably heard that from the Lord. Am I right? Yeah, okay. So the Lord wants to hone your focus in this next season um, because he's, 
again, birthing something in you, being a mother, birthing something in you that you've never seen before, it's never happened before, but the fruit is greater and better and it tastes better and it's better than anything that you've ever had before. So just know that pregnancy is uncomfortable. The, the, the process to get to that place, you're not going to fully embrace at times and you're going to be like, ah, but just know that this is where God is taking you is to yeah. bring you into a place where that phone, with a honed focus, almost said phoned hocus, That's, <laughs> with a honed focus that, that actually is going to, um, I believe, create a river, create a pathway, create a, a, a flow for people to get free. Like what you bring will cause there to be a revival in an arena. I think I know what the arena is, but I'm going to hold back. Because I think you know what the arena is, and we'll have to compare notes later. She's like, I don't know. So, but, but specifically for you, Heather, I, I want to ask um, a couple of our moms that don't have physical children um, to come on up and pray for you real quick. Go, come on, come on. I know, the, I know, I know the two. So, just two as that an aside, yep. this morning as I was driving to church and I was thinking about these two lovely women, I was praying and thinking and praying and thinking, and then I saw the lights behind me in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Not the first time. Not the first time, and the Lord is merciful. <laughs> I don't know how she gets out of tickets. It's crazy. Father, thank you, thank you for Heather. Thank you for who she is, how you wired her, how you made her. Thank you for her brain, her brilliance, her her everything. Thank you that you've poured yourself into her and that she reflects you in really incredible ways. Lord, I just I just release that mother heart to her now, in Jesus' name. Knowing one who has never had a children but has has a mother's heart and who knows and loves like a mother does. I just release that to you now, Heather, that your heart will beat for those who God brings to you. Your heart will beat. You'll know how to care for them. You'll know what to say to them, how to pray for them, how to encourage them, how to challenge them, how to build them up. You're going to have love that you've never known before. Love that's not natural. Love that doesn't come from you, but it comes from the Father. So I release that to you in Jesus' name. Heather, thank you for saying yes. Yes to leadership. Yes to stepping into this new season. And I already see where God's taken you. And you're going to touch so many lives. 
And you're doing it because he's put a wisdom in you. And he's put a strength in you that is evident to everyone around you. So just thank you for saying yes to this family and saying yes to our community and yes to this region. Thank you, Jesus, for Heather. And Heather, everything, everything that you've walked through, nothing will be wasted. You're going to be able to touch and move the hearts and say, I know, I understand. But here, let me teach us, lead you to somebody who can heal that. So nothing is ever wasted. Come on, that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. And, and um, <laughs> what we want to do right now is uh, have all of you stand. So, Steve and Heather, do you commit to being an active part of Harvest Valley, choosing to fully pursue a growing relationship with Jesus? Yes. Do you commit to honoring the leadership's guidance and care as they care for your soul? Yes. Do you commit to being open and honest with those around you to receive the support and love that you need? Yes. Yes. <laughs> ah, the open, honest, what? Uh, do you commit to caring for those around you who need ministry, love, support, and care through your gifts and talents? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Church, do you commit to these new members to honor their God-given identity? Yes. Do you commit to help them in their journey to Christ-likeness? Yes. Do you commit to helping them fulfill the mandate that God has placed on their lives? With that, we welcome you into the family at Harvest Valley Worship Center. We celebrate you. Thank you so much. Love you. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it's such a blessing to be with you this morning. Uh, we are kicking off a series. I thought it was going to be five weeks, but as with any good series, it's going to be longer, okay? I'm just warning you now, it's going to be a little bit longer because there's too many good things that the Lord wants to do in us by understanding how do we honor each other well? Um, how do we have relationships that really are based in honor instead of selfish motivation and all those other things? So we're going to talk today about discovering honor and what... Uh, we want to honor the thing that God honors. We want to do life in a way that honors the Lord, honors each other. And so we're going to dive into that uh, this morning. Um, there's a great book by Danny Silk, S-I-L-K, called Culture of Honor. Um, there kind of some foundational pieces that were poured into me when I read that uh, almost a decade ago um, that have really shaped the way that I view ministry. The way that I shape, the way that I view how a leadership team, how leadership should operate, uh, it was a very foundational book for me. Um, feel free to read that. The book, we're not going, uh, doing a, a verbal review of the book from the pulpit, okay? But it's a very helpful book with the name Culture of Honor. Um, and so just so you know, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, um, so if you thought this was going to go over a book that you already read, you were sorely mistaken. Okay, so we're going to do some other things with it um, because I believe that God is trying to teach us how to live such a lifestyle of honor that the world is actually attracted to the church. 
Um, and so I'm excited for what the Lord wants to do. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We bless your name. We come before you today and we thank you, God, that you are the one who speaks truth. You, they didn't come here to hear my voice, God. They came to hear yours. And so we say, God, will you begin to move and speak this morning to every heart? Father, I pray that you would bring revelation to us that would cause us to become more like you in every moment. Father, I'm asking that as we seek your face, there would be an outpouring of your spirit. As we seek your face today, that we would understand the love and the passion that you have for every single person that is alive on the face of the earth. Father, I pray that, that today we would hear clearly your voice. And we say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So the principle of honor, okay? I want to talk about the principle of honor. That might be a little, little small up there for you, but the principle of honor states that accurately acknowledging who people are will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. Let me say it again. The principle of honor states that accurately acknowledging who people are will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. I will say that honor creates life-giving and life-promoting relationships. Honor creates life-giving and life-promoting relationships. The key here is accurately acknowledging who people are. We can only recognize people's accurate value when we understand and recognize their God-given identity and their God-given role. Everything else is a lie. aliases, false identities that we've picked up over time, but we, in order for us to actually have honor with one another, we need to understand what is your God-given identity and role in my life. Because the minute that I understand that and I know who you are, who God says you are, and God says who you are to me, it allows me to have honor for you even when Things don't feel that way. And this is how we change the world, is through honor. And we're going to talk about this foundational piece this morning. There's a passage in Matthew chapter 10, um, which is, is for some people a little confusing, but it's really good. Matthew 10, I'm going to read verses 40 through 42. This gives us a glimpse into the power of honoring roles and gifts in the lives of others. It says this. Jesus says, he who receives you, receives me. Say receive. receive. Receive is an interesting word because the word receive means to lay hold of. Whether someone's putting it in your hand, you lay hold of it. But sometimes you need to receive it by going and lay holding of it. Okay, so he who receives you, receives me. And who, he who receives me, receives him who sent me. So Jesus is saying, listen, as my disciple, if they receive you, they're receiving me. And if they're receiving me, they're receiving the Father. Okay? So then he says this. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives the prophet's reward. 
And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. How many of you get our newsletter in your emails? Okay, awesome. Great. So two weeks ago, I wrote an article on this passage of scripture to help people understand this, to kind of trying to lay a foundation. So if you don't get our emails, you can just go hvwc.com, click the sign up for the email, put in your email address, and you'll start getting them. It's very, it's very simple. We send one a week, right? It's got all the events. It's got a YouTube video from the sermon of the last week. Our internet is so bad here, we can't live stream, so we post it later, okay? Um, and so... Um, which I'm, I'm great with. But I'm going to read this article to you because I, I, I believe this is going to help set a foundation for us. Okay. So God rewards the, the way that we honor people in our lives. God rewards the way that we honor people in our lives. What's amazing about this passage is that Jesus links rewards to the person we honor, not our gifts and, and abilities. He links the reward to the person that we're honoring. He who receives the prophet in the name of a prophet receives the prophet's reward. So when you honor somebody, you get to receive the reward of who they are. When we learn to honor the value of people around us, we get to receive the blessings of what they carry in their lives. Honor doesn't have to do with what people do for us. It has to do with what God has said about them. This can be hard for us since God will appoint people to positions that we don't like or value. (laughs) But we miss the reward God has for it because we lack honor. Honor is seeing what God sees, not what my flesh, my wound, or my false expectations see. We must see past people's faults and issues in order to honor who God has called them. Do you know, in, in, in the New Testament, you'll never find a moment where after somebody came to know Jesus, they were called a sinner anymore. They weren't just a sinner saved by grace. So that's not biblical. It's comforting, it's simple, it's easy to go, well, I'm just a lowly sinner, then not according to the blood of Jesus. According to the blood of Jesus, you're a new creation. Either you're a new creation or you're still the old dead man. Pick one. The choice is yours, pick one. Right? Because it is, it is often the way that we treat other people will be according to their sin and not to their God-given identity. Jesus encourages honoring honoring people according to his value for them by making the most simple comparison. He states that the way we treat little kids and meet their most basic need of thirst will determine the quality of the durability of the blessing. You won't lose your blessing if you treat a child well and give them a cup of water when they're thirsty. It's just like the right thing to do. Okay, I'm pretty straightforward, right? No, you need to stay thirstier so I can teach you a lesson. <laughs> Not good, 
If they're thirsty, you give them water, right? Jesus is so interested in us treating everyone with the honor they deserve that he said it was like giving a cup of water to a thirsty child. Every soul is thirsty to be treated as the Father treats them. Every soul is thirsty to be treated as the Father treats them. Let's not forget to honor people according to what God says about them. This will satisfy their soul, the reward will last, and the blessing of God will flow into your life. So that was my article uh, with a little, I added a little here and there, but as the article. So I, I, I take time every week to write something um, to hopefully encourage you and build you up. And so you can get those in the newsletters. If you want to get past episodes, there is an archive um, of all of our newsletters on the website as well. Okay. So we try and make sure you guys have all the material in order to do all the things that we want to do here. So there are many different takes on titles. I want to talk about this because he says, in the name of a prophet. He says, in the, in the name of a righteous man. Um, and, I, and I think what's important about this is that we treat people according to their God-given role in our lives. There are people who are prophets to me, and I need to treat them like a prophet. That means when they're like, I got a feeling, I need to listen. I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention. It would be dishonoring to not treat them as if they're a prophet because they said it the wrong way, which honestly most prophets tend to do. <laughs> Doesn't devalue what they said. Okay? So um, when we can honor who people are to us, then we can walk in the blessing God intended for their life to be imparted to us, Right? God, like when you guys receive me and the role that I have in your life, you walk in the blessing that I carry for your life. And it's the same for me. I get to walk in the blessing as I honor Dennis Lee as, a, as the international healing evangelist that just is going to change the course of Europe. As I honor that man, I walk in the blessing of what he carries. People who can't honor other people's gifts tend to be stunted in their growth. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. They just keep going around and around and around. Never get a breakthrough. Never find out how to get, you know. Start with honor. Stop honoring the people in your life that are sowing into you, that are pouring into you. Honor Honor them and you'll walk in the reward that they carry. It's not about your performance. It's not about how right you do all the things. We, we wish so much, God, why couldn't have you just made it so that if I did A and B, you'd give me C? A culture of honor is developed by leaders who honor the people they serve by courageously treating people according to the names God gives them and not according to the aliases they receive from people. Leaders honor others. They treat those people they lead as free sons and daughters, not slaves. They treat them as righteous, not sinners. They treat them as wealthy, not poor. So I'm going to encourage you to take the masks off. 
Take the masks off. See, leaders also acknowledge their interdependence on the diverse anointings God has distributed, distributed among His people. We acknowledge that we are interdependent on the diverse anointings. When we recognize that there's diverse anointings in the body of Christ, that means people operating under the Holy Spirit power that lives on their lives. That's what anointing is. is the Holy Spirit's power living on somebody's life, moving and operating in a certain way that is uniquely bound to them. It is part of who they are. Do you understand that? When I'm operating under the anointing, it's mine. Yeah. I, it's just what God has put on me to operate in, uniquely mine. And guess what? When you learn how to honor the anointings and the giftings of the people around you, you get to then begin to carry some of that anointing and walk in that anointing. Healthy leaders understand that every single person sitting here has an anointing on your life. You've got a God-given call and destiny, and it is our job to honor who you are. And as we honor who you are, it creates what we would call a funnel from heaven. And 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says this, and God gave these to the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then miracles, gifts of administration, tongues, healing, goes down this whole line of supernatural activity. But if we don't know how to honor people's God-given roles, there's no actual funnel from heaven. See, sometimes we think we can build a pyramid to God in the church, right? We think that I can reach heaven by being on the top with all these people underneath me. But what if we flip that whole thing upside down? What if we flipped it upside down and it was the diversity of the anointings in the body of Christ spread all across that allowed the flow of God to begin to move into the body of Christ? That's what honor does. It allows a greater flow and a movement of the Spirit in this place, in this people. Take the masks off. We can no longer treat people according to the aliases that they have received from their parents, from their siblings, from their failures. We can no longer continue to treat people according to the, what you did at your last church. You have a unique role and identity that God has given you for right now, for here, for in this season. That little phrase there says, treat people, treating people according to the names God gives them and not according to the aliases they receive from people. The aliases aren't true. There's a, there's a verse that says that God is the only one who speaks the truth and every man is a liar. And the reality is, is that most of us have gained our identity through false aliases. Most of us understand we, who we are because of the people that have spoken lies over our life. What if we always 
We're in relationship with people who knew who us according to our God-given identity and would only treat us according to that, not according to the things that our other people have said about us or even what our failures have said about us because even your failures are under the blood of Jesus. Now, this can be really hard, which is why we're going to take a lot of weeks to flesh this out. Because I have to understand, what's the priority of honor? Because guess what? I can see someone's God-given identity and they can still act a fool. What do you do with that? How do you handle that? How do I still honor somebody who's actively in sin, but God said they're this? How do I protect people in this community when somebody's under the operation of a spirit that would want to bring division into the body? Now, it's my responsibility as a shepherd to deal with wolves. Okay, I'm just being real. Well, how do I do that in a way that honors them? As a wolf, how do I honor that person according to their God-given identity? And deal with that. How do I set up boundaries in a healthy way? How do I maintain relationship and connection with somebody? And communicate them with them in a way that gives them the freedom to choose what they will do. Man, this stuff is scary. It would be so much easier to say, here's my list of rules. You fail on any one. I'm going to put you on the stage. I'm going to blast you in front of everybody because that's healthy church discipline. And then, and then, I'm going to basically ostracize you until you leave. Because that's usually what happens. I don't believe that that is God's protocol for healthy church discipline. Now, I think that with different levels of accountability, you make bigger messes. The more accountability, the more responsibility you have, the more messes you make, the bigger the mess is. It means that the people you got to clean up your mess with becomes a lot bigger. So when somebody's on the platform every Sunday and they have a moral failure, there's some things they got to clean up that impact everybody, right? But cleaning up your mess is very different than choosing to punish them. Because listen, I'm freestyling at this point. I left my notes a minute ago. One of the, one of the things that I believe sets us apart as a community of faith is the fact that we will always choose to find out what God is doing in a person and if they repent, we're done. If you repent, we're done. Now you need to clean up whatever your mess is, but if you're repentant, guess who doesn't get to judge how honest your repentance is? I don't get to judge that. I can judge your behavior. Doesn't seem like you're that repentant because you just did it again. And we need to have another conversation about how we're going to break this off. Right? Because I love you and I want to stay connected to you even though you're actively hurting yourself and others. The core team knows this to be true. It is our priority that if you are caught in any trespass, to gently come alongside every single one to bring them to what? 
repentance. I don't get to judge your repentance, whether it's godly repentance and sorrow or, you know, whatever. It's like, no, if you're repentant, I'm going to believe you. You know what's crazy to me? The reason why we don't accept repentance and instead we choose to punish people is because we are deathly afraid of getting hurt again. What if all fear was removed in your relationships and you became a powerful person who was no longer afraid of what someone else would do? We're probably going to change the world. I think. And so how we honor, even in difficult times, how we honor is so critical. Back to my notes. Life flows through honor. Life flows through honor. The clear fruit of establishing a culture of honor is that the resurrection life of God begins to flow into the people's lives, homes, and communities, bringing healing, restoration, blessings, joy, hope, and wholeness. The clear fruit of establishing a culture of honor is that the resurrection life of God begins to flow. If we are not seeing this fruit of God's life flowing in homes, communities, bringing healing, restoration, joy, hope, wholeness, all of those things. If those things aren't happening actively in our lives, we must ask ourselves whether we are truly honoring those around us as we ought. Many of us have learned to relate to false versions of our identity in a church culture. And we don't encounter God's greatest value in any community. We must learn to be an open, honest, vulnerable, and powerful people. And that comes through freedom. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was gone for two, but three weeks ago I, teached, I taught on what it means to be powerful, to be a powerful people. Go back, look at that um, message from three weeks ago um, because I think it's really a foundational uh, concept here for us because in order for us to be powerful, we have to be free. This was 4th of July message, right? It was about freedom, right? Because what does freedom do? It makes us powerful, And in order to honor people, we have to be powerful people. Otherwise, we're going to be ruled by fear. And when you're ruled by fear, you are powerless to it. I want to talk real quick about the value of freedom. I want to quote C.S. Lewis, right? See, God created us with the capacity to choose and to be free in whatever we choose to do. So listen to this. This is from mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis said, God created things which had free will. That means creatures which can go either wrong or right. Some people think that they can imagine a creature which was free but had no possibility of going wrong. I cannot. If a... I copied something down wrong. I was typing fast. If a thing is free to be good, it is also free to be bad. And free will is what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? 
Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. A world of automata, of creatures that work like machines, would hardly be worth creating. The happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere mild and it is watery. And for that, they must be free for us to enjoy the happiness which God designs for us. Of course, God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way. Apparently, he thought it worth the risk. The whole value of freedom and the whole purpose of freedom is love. The whole value of freedom, the whole purpose of freedom is love. When we use our freedom to love as intended, we are no longer afraid of the abuses of those that misuse that freedom. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When we use our freedom to love as intended, we are no longer afraid of the abuses of those that misuse that freedom. We no longer define success according to achievement, but now according to heaven's value, which is love. We've, we now define success in relationship on how well I love people, not what they do for me, not whether or not they got it right or wrong, whether or not they said that nasty thing about me. There's been a theme in the sermons and places that I've been visiting, and, um, and it's an issue that we're just battling Right now, I believe in the body of Christ, and God wants to set the body of Christ free from offenses, right, and, and from being offended. Listen, if you learn to love well, you won't let offenses stick on you. Amen. My good friend Dennis Lee had a mentor who told him, said, I give up my right to be offended. We just give up our right to be offended. And when you give up your right to be offended, you can love people well. If you're unwilling to give up your offense, there could be a lot of reasons for that. At the primary, the root of it is that you're afraid of getting hurt. Because if I could let go of the offense, then they could hurt me again. Well, what if it was no longer about their behavior, whether or not you felt good or not about your life? What if what other people did to you wasn't the driver for whether or not you felt good or safe or secure even? We're going to have so much fun in this series. I'm telling you, minds are, I'm already seeing the hamster wheels going full steam. I saw a couple deer in the headlights. I mean, come on, this is good. This is going to be really good. I'm excited. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to, to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. 
All of your performance doesn't matter if you don't love. So then we have to look at what value does God place on humanity? And when we can recognize God's value on humanity, we will learn to honor people, revealing heaven's love and value for each person. I've got to look past your behavior to love you the way that God loves you because he looks past your behavior. (laughs) Did you know that? That he actually looked past your behavior to love you into the kingdom? Do you know that his love for you was while you were broken? So why do we withhold love until people get fixed? That's not God love. This is why we're going to talk about boundaries. This is why we're going to talk about communication. How to have healthy connection with people from a place of power instead of powerlessness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send, come on now, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Listen, this is while you were broken. While you were getting it wrong. Which was this morning. In the midst of your brokenness, God chooses to see you clearly. I can't count how many times I've struggled with something or I've even sinned and I come to the Father, I make it a habit. If I mess up, I, go, I run to the Father, yep. right? The devil wants you to go hide, right? Because that's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They sinned. They went and ran and hide. They isolated themselves from God. That's the wrong move. Wrong move, okay? Go run to the Father. Like, oh man, he's the one who's got the answers. And, whatever. and I can't count how many times I run to the Father in those moments and he begins to tell me about who I really am. He begins to say, but that's not you, Chris. That thing that you keep telling yourself over and over about how much you're a failure, that is not what I say about you. I see you from the beginning, and I see you in the end, and I'm winning. We have to understand that the way that I see Jeannie, the way that I see Anna, the way that I see Heather, the way that I see David... The way that I see Craig has to be according to what is God saying about them. Because Craig's struggling with some things. David's struggling with some things. I don't even know, no, no, Anna that well, but I'm sure she's struggling with something. 
The reality is that I have to begin to identify what does God say about you? What is your God-given identity and name? And then I have to treat you according to that, not your trial, not your struggle, not the old patterns and the habits that God is in the process of freeing you from. Because you know what's crazy is when somebody believes in you in the midst of your pain, you actually change a lot faster, right? You actually begin to get motivated to become the person that God has called you to be. This becomes dynamic. We also have to understand that, as Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The only way we can do this is by walking out and experiencing and encountering the love of the Father. God sent Jesus because each of us is valuable. Each of us bears his image, having been created in the image of God. A culture of honor is established when we recognize the value that is on each one of us. And for those that believe, we have to remember that each one of us are his sons and daughters. Will you stand with me as we kind of close out our time this morning? What a fun day today. Father, we're so grateful for the work that you're doing. Father, I pray that you would just begin to embed in us the principles of how you see us. Embed in us the principles of how you see each one of us, that we would have clarity and understanding of what it means to know you, what it means to be like you, what it means to encounter you, what it means to be loved by you. God, I pray for every place in our hearts that have been hardened over the years of the aliases and the false identities. Father, I'm praying that you begin to soften that up even now so that we can hear your voice about what you're saying to us and from your word about who we are. We are loved. Father, I'm so grateful for your love in my life. I thank you, God, for your correction. I thank you, God, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you, God, that in in all things you've called me more than a conqueror. I thank you, God, that you've raised me and seated me in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. I thank you, God, that I have done nothing to earn that. Because, God, I, I know that if I thought I could earn it, I would be full of myself. You told me to pour myself out as Jesus poured himself out. Father, I pray that you would just begin to release a revelation of who each person in here is, a unique name, a unique calling, a unique identity, God, that as we walk through this series, we would understand more and more how do we relate with one another with such honor that it brings freedom and healing and hope, not only in my life, but in the life of my family, not only in my family, but in the life of my neighbors of those employees that I work with. God, that everywhere that I go, honor would flow and it would begin to reveal a God-given identity to people who never knew who they really were.
I feel like there's some of you here this morning who've said, I, I don't know who I am. I'm not sure who I am. I, I don't know what God actually believes about me or says about me. I know that you're saying that he loves me. I know that you're saying that I'm a daughter and a son of God, but I don't, I don't know that. I haven't felt that. I haven't experienced that. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to come and minister to each one of you that are struggling with knowing who you are. See, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it is good that I go, that I go to the Father so that the paraclete, the helper, the one who's going to come alongside would come so that the Holy Spirit would come to teach you, come to comfort you, come to equip you. So I'm going to ask that you just, if maybe you've never done this before, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, I believe that now is the time for you to say yes. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and to wipe away all the falsehood, all the lies that have come before you. Those failures and missteps, God will wipe them clean and he will refresh and renew you by the blood of Jesus. So just take a moment now and say, God, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my failures, God. Come into my heart, and God, I'm asking that you be Lord of my life. I submit my life to you. Whatever you ask, God, I'll do. Teach me who you are and teach me who I am, God. Just where you're at. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I want to support you. Will, you. will you raise your hand? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. God, we give our hearts and our minds to you. And now for those of you who know Jesus and yet you've still been conflicted about your identity, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to come fill you right now, to come be that, that partner with you on this journey. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you into us. Holy Spirit, you came in at salvation and then you filled the disciples over and over and over to give them power so that they could do things and understand things and know things that they would never know on their own. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, you just begin to pour out in this place and fill your children. Holy Spirit, come and fill each one of us so that we can hear clearly who you say we are. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord. Let your cleansing flood, Lord. Cleansing just flood and, and, and let it wash each person new right now. All the residue, all the residue of the old self, all the residue of the old man, all the residue of those aliases, those masks that aren't who you say we are. I'm asking God that you would just begin to flood over us. Just begin to wash us clean. Wash us clean in Jesus' name. Let us begin to only hear what you have to say about us. Wash and renew us in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask our Dennis and Colleen and John and Lois to come up, and, and we're going to, we've, we've done this from time to time, but they're going to come up and they're going to stand on both sides and they're going to be available to pray with you. I believe that some of you have been struggling for a long time with knowing who in the world are you. They are not going to counsel you. They're just going to take hands with you and they want to pray with you. They want to pray with you. They want to bless you. They might even speak the words of life that maybe you've never heard before. So Father, I ask right now as we take time in this place to hear your voice, as we take time for every person here that, that needs, that they're like, I need some help here. I need some ministry. I don't know what to do next. God, I pray that they would be bold and receive that ministry this morning with Dennis and Colleen and with John and Lois. And we just ask God in Jesus' name that every person here walk in their identity in Christ and they would learn how to honor that in themselves and in those people around them. And we bless them in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Bless you. Um, please keep the conversations to a minimum. If you want more conversations set out, we're going to give time for you to seek the Lord as well as to come receive some ministry up front. So if you need that, just come on up. They're ready to pray with you. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to connecting with you.